G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Coming up today on The Story. Interestingly, I was in Dubai, in probably one of the hottest parts of the world. So I'd done a concert and I ran off stage, hot, sweaty, you know, euphoric. And the song Jingle Jingle Jesus sort of popped into my head. Now why in one of the hottest countries in the world I would think of a song that was uh, a Christmas song. It wasn't even Christmas. And that was sort of the cornerstone, the beginning of this project. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, we have a special treat for you today, a chat with the well-known Christian kids musician and entertainer extraordinaire, Colin Buchanan. Colin will share his story and about his ministry. Also, we'll hear the stories behind some of his Christmas music. All that and more as Shelley Scowan has a chat with the one and only Colin Buchanan. I want to know where it all began for you. Uh, Have you always been a crazy kind of person and have you always been into music from a young age yourself? Mm, Okay, well, there's two questions there. Um, uh, My family would say I've always uh, had had a bit of quirk about me. Um, um, I I, I probably didn't mind uh, being the class clown from uh, time to time uh, at school. Uh, I wouldn't say I was the the naughty, naughty one, but uh, sometimes, I, you know, I just wouldn't shut up. I was a bit irrepressible, I think. So, uh, um, I, I've, as far as music's concerned, that's an interesting one. I mean, even now, there's a, there's a part of me that doesn't think of myself as, you know, really musical in that when I was growing up, the musical ones did piano lessons and, and exams and, um, you know, they got their grades and, and they could read music, which I, I can't. And so the technical side of music was something that was never, you know, and the, and the learning in that sort of formal sense was never part of my, um, my, my world. So I came to music very much at, at the level of appetite. And I can remember walking around the backyard as a kid, you know, I'm talking primary school age, just making up songs. I got a prize on a, on a Christian camp I went on when I was in year seven for being the... the, the uh, Trail, what was it? Something like you know the, the the bush track songwriter, because I was just making up songs off the top of my head as we were walking through the rain and the scrub, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which no one seemed to mind. Uh, it was just uh, so. Uh, there's always been a, I think. Uh, something that's wanted to bubble out there. That so. certainly is a talent in itself, hey, and, and you're living proof that you don't have to be able to read music to be a successful musician. No, that's right. And look, uh, you know, the attraction of fun, you know, I can remember the penny dropping when I did play school, thinking uh, someone like, I don't know, the, the, it'll, we'll all be showing our age now, but John ha- Hamblin was oh. one of the, John and Benita were quite famous on yeah. play school. And, uh, oh, he was the best. Yeah, exactly. No offence to you, but he really was the best. He really was the best. He was the <laughs> Lawrence Olivier play school, you know. He was the, he was the duck's guts. Uh, he was number one. And um, he, watching him, I thought, you know, he's really good at 
at all. The, he, hit, he hits his mark every time, uh, even though he didn't. He never looked like he was really trying too hard to do that. But the other thing he was doing was he, there's always an element of him entertaining himself. And if yes. you jump on YouTube and have a look at John and on Play School, I may be guilty of doing that. Yeah, myself. exactly, because it's full of moments where you think he's just going with the moment. And there's an element of him just entertaining himself. And it's incredibly watchable because you're not quite sure what he's going to do because he's not quite sure what he's going to do. And uh, it's really lovely. And I think that's, that's something that, to, to see that instinct, that's something sort of innate that you can bring to performing, bring to, uh, uh, you know, music and being on stage. And, and, and I think that's uh, it's sort of grasping the moment and... And I, and I think if you add the Christian dimension of it all to, mm. uh, um, but, you know, there's been times, I think if a, a couple of years ago I was in Melbourne for a, a concert tour and there were thousands of people coming to this. Literally, I think there's nearly 2,000 people and the, the sound guy hadn't turned up. And it was, you know, the, the, talk, the, the clock was ticking and I was uh, sound, you know, PA-less. And... Um, and I just thought, well, I'm, if I'm going to sing Remember the Lord, which I am today, then I have a compulsion to be in the moment of that song now, because this is my Remember the Lord moment. This is, the, this is things not going right for me, and that's what the song's about, you know, trust yeah. God in the hard times. So, um, so I think there's, there's an added dimension to not just delivering something at arm's length, uh, even if it's well thought out at the time and, you know, theologically sound, but really trying to live in the moment, not just of performance, but of the truth that, that is uh, sort of encapsulated in that, which is a, which is a great challenge. And again, it's, it's not child's play. No. No, there's a lot to it. And I think that's probably what makes especially your live shows so entertaining where we can see that you're just being you. You're being real, you're being genuine, and you're just going with the moment. I can tell too that you actually really quite enjoy doing those live shows. Is it is it good to connect with the kids and parents for that matter, but particularly the kids in person like that? Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, kid, kids are. Um, uh, here comes those. Uh, what, what's he going to say now? You know how how will he sum up children uh, in this, in this moment? <laughs> but um, so they are in the moment, and if they're interested. They're interested, and if they're not, they're not particularly worried about showing that. So, yeah. uh, I've, no I've pressure find, or anything. Yeah, that's right. So it's, but when they're when they're really engaged, they're, they're engaged with their whole selves. And uh, look, I, I um, it was a few years ago I decided to start sitting down. I thought, oh, I kids were getting a little restless through the show, and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring a stool I'm going to sit down for a lot of my show and then towards the end I'll stand up and I invite the kids to stand up and uh, it's really interesting just um, pacing that dynamic so that kids are doing things that will engage them it might be actions or it might be telling a story or it might be a little bit of mystery what's going to happen or a bit of uh, farce where you know that they can see what's going on behind and I'm pretending I don't know what's going on and there's, there's great playfulness in that and there's a great sort of uh again a play school thing is is peeking out from behind the moment say yeah. look i know that this i'm only pretending and you know i'm only pretending but isn't it fun to pretend together, together. yeah <laughs> and it's, it's it's 
say, it just gets you off the hook of everything having to be super realistic. You know, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's really fun. But all those things, you know, mean that every show, even though, you know, I, can, I, I take a concert tour around the place and I don't change it every time because we use backing tracks and, you know, you need to have planning. But yeah. every show is always different because of the way kids react to things. And uh, building the tension... Uh, in terms of just finding a way to sort of pop the cork at the end of the show is really fun. And I've often felt like, uh, to mix the metaphors, it's like you're surfing a wave uh, and it is slightly out of control and it's just delightfully out of control and uh, kids are full of exuberance and and chaos and noise and and we're all sort of doing that together and there's a beautiful sense of... God being part of that in a really special way. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with well-known Christian kids musician and entertainer, Colin Buchanan. He's been sharing his story and about his ministry. Next, he'll share the stories behind some of his Christmas music. All that and more when we return. The Story... If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Christian kids musician and entertainer extraordinaire, Colin Buchanan. Before the break, Colin shared some of his story and about his life in children's ministry. Next, it's time to get in the mood of the Christmas season with some Christmas music. Here's Colin's special version of Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven nature sing. Heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He's the King of Kings, He's the promised one. He is hope and life for all who come. He's the Prince of Peace, He is God the Son. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Joy to the Joy to the world from Colin Buchanan. It's off his album called Jingle Jingle Jesus. It is available from colinbuchanan.com.au and also from Christian retailers. But uh, Colin, your ministry has spanned a few years now. Uh, in a respectful way, you've um, been doing it for quite a while and you are getting older. Um, but in a lovely way, you're now seeing the impact of your ministry in that these kids that you were ministering to you know, a couple of decades ago are now becoming parents themselves. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? I mean, I, uh, 
Yep, kids grow up. We all know that. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, if you, if you keep breathing, uh, by God's grace, um, certain things are going to happen. And, uh, yeah, little, little ones are going to become big ones. And they might even have little ones of their own. And, uh, and that is a very special sort of... I started noticing it, you know, maybe... Maybe five years ago, you know, you might have had the the ten year old who, you know, has, has uh, you know, back in back when I first released an album, they mightn't have been right in the centre pocket, but you know, they were, their little brother or sister was listening to my music, and uh, and they've sort of decided, you know, they've they've had their own child, and now it's time, you know, that's something they want for their kids. I find it really lovely. Like recently on tour. There's a lineup after the show where I I meet and greet and say hello and sign things, and uh, and a, a mum and her daughter, five year old daughter, um, uh, I did a double take and then I realised it was Katie who I taught when she was in year three when she was nine years old, and, um, wow. and this is here she is, uh, you know, in her late thirties, <laughs> and um, and she handed me a, a lovely letter which was uh, just a delight because look. When Katie was nine, you know, you can't fast forward. But when Katie's 38 and she hands you a letter, you can jump into that letter and travel back, you know. Mm. Over those past 30 years, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And you can sort of look ahead from that vantage point, if that that makes sense to you, you know. It's it's a really special thing uh, to do that, you know. and, And she was really... Uh, you know, I guess at that age, you know, it's a formative age, and then as an adult to be able to look back on that and say that was really important to me, and I really loved that time, and I've carried that with me. That, that's a really special thing, and it does bring a vitality to the ministry. Jingle jingle Jesus, sing to him today. Jingle jingle Jesus, trust him all the way. Savior Messiah, let the good news ring. favor rests. He's the perfect word of God living in the flesh. He's the Lord and Savior who can rescue us from sin. There is no one better or more wonderful than him. Ah, yes. Well, that, you know, in, interestingly, that song, I, I was in Dubai <laughs> in the United Arab Emirates in probably one of the hottest parts of the world. I think in winter it's 49 degrees and then in summer it's 51. Um, and it, I don't know when it rains, once every few years, I think. Um, wow. And I'd, I'd done a gig for a, a very special church called Redeemer Church there, which is uh, uh, an incredible, I think uh, they've got something like 60 nationalities in the church. And... Um, and people, of course, come to Dubai to work, expats from all over the world, including some countries where Christians aren't allowed to go and share the gospel, but um, these people come and they encounter the gospel and take it back home, sometimes to their great peril. And um, so I'd done a concert, and I ran off stage, hot, sweaty, you know, euphoric, having, having made a mess, as I usually do, and having lots of fun. And yes. this and the song Jingle Jingle Jesus sort of popped into my head. Now, why in one of the hottest countries in the world I would think of a song that was uh, a Christmas song? It wasn't even Christmas, 
And, um, it's not about snow, but, you know, it's, we tend to think of snow at Christmas time. And, um, uh, and that was sort of the cornerstone, the beginning of this, this project. I'd already released a Christmas album a few years ago called King of Christmas, and I, I really, that, that had a special, uh, uh, just the way that all came about was really special, and I thought, well, that, that's it, I've made my Christmas album. But, uh, I just felt like there was more to sing about and more to do, so, so uh, enter Jingle Jingle Jesus, which is uh, w- yeah, which is which is Christmas album number two, and uh, and and an attempt to again, I guess, by stealing the odd trapping of Christmas that we get used to, uh, you know, in the, in our culture, cultural expression of Christmas, stealing some of those and using using those to point to the wonder of Jesus among us, God in the flesh. Jesus born as a baby, and uh, and you know identifying with us in our sin, and yet being without sin, and uh, and heading to the cross, and sacrificing that life for us. So that's it's a very uh, you know it, it's a very intentional uh, exercise to uh, to direct to direct uh, the people who hear these songs mm. to Christ. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the the jingle jingle, my little boy heard uh, Jesus saves well before he heard jingle bells, and so now the poor kid's confused. I'll be interested to see what he does this Christmas. <laughs> he'll start singing it, and he'll just kind of blend the two, and he has no idea what he's doing. Well, actually, you know, before jing- uh, before uh, Jesus saves, I I had. Uh written Aussie Jingle Bells yes. on the back of a bus ticket. And uh, just before, in fact, before a radio uh, appearance, and, I, and I, they said, it'd be nice to have a Christmas song. And I just thought, what am I going to sing? Um, I know, I'll, I'll do I'll, I'll make Jingle Bells Aussie. And that's gone on to be one of, probably, one of my best-known songs. It's yeah. sung everywhere at Christmas time. Particularly it's, in it's, the secular world, too. It's yeah, huge. that's right. There's a book yeah, about a it and all of world. It's just out there. Yeah. But... Um, my son heard it when he was, I don't know, he might have been eight, eight years old. And he, he heard the original version and he said, Hey, listen, Dad, they've changed the words to your song. <laughs> and it was the dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. And I had to break it to him. <laughs> no, no, it's Riley. not actually my song. I'm the guy who changed the words. <laughs> dashing through the bush in a rusty Holden ute. Kicking up the dust, Esky in the boot, Kelpie by my side, singing Christmas songs. It's summertime and I am in my singlet shorts and thongs. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Christmas in Australia on a scorching summer's day. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Christmas time is beautiful. Well, I hear you also uh, co-wrote a song with George Friedrich Handel for this CD. That's pretty special. Uh, yes, look, I, uh, th- that's one thing that I wanted to do on this album. I, um, there's some amazing Christmas carols. I mean, just generally, hymns are an incredible exercise in the beauty of poetry and the beauty of melody and the ability to pack an incredible amount of truth into the very few lines. And I wanted to commandeer just a few carols along the way. And I know it's not a carol, but it's become a regular fixture in Australia. I know down in Melbourne, they, at the Maya Music Bell carols, they do, the, they do uh, the Hallelujah Chorus every year. 
And, uh, and it's a great moment. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets to their feet and raises their candles, you know, uh, in the hallelujahs. And it's quite, quite profound and quite moving. And uh, that'd be nice to, to commandeer something of that. So, yeah, we did a co-write. Unfortunately, um, uh, it's uh, Frederick uh, Handel, wasn't it? Joseph Frederick Handel. Yeah, uh, George, uh, George. Uh, Andy, George, George. Yeah. He was unavailable to actually, uh, you know, meet up with me oh. but I was able to uh, me, we sent a few yeah. emails to each other yeah, okay. and um, and I so I was able to find a new way into some of those words mm. which which is a, it's a quieter song but I, I hopefully uh, it, it's it's in the spirit of the the celebration of Jesus as you know king of kings and lord of lords yeah. it's an amazing um, yeah it's an incredible chorus in itself, but when you study like the whole of the Messiah in totality, by the time you get to that Hallelujah chorus, my goodness, it is really the culmination of all this prophecy that you've just been through and prepare the way and, and all of that. It's an, an incredible work of art. It's a work of theology. It's everything about the, the Messiah I just think is amazing. I'm not much into opera. I do enjoy a bit of classical music. Yeah. But I can just appreciate it as just a, a magnificent piece of work that was written in like three weeks. So, uh, I don't yeah. know, how long did it take you to write your your um, co-write with George Handel? Well, we we knocked it back and forwards, obviously, a couple of times. And uh, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I think the bulk of it was uh, was was actually in one sitting. So obviously, I've you know obviously vastly more talented than uh, <laughs> of course G- GFH yes um, as as, as I, know. I assume that you wrote all of the full orchestra score as well uh, in that yeah, time yeah yeah, 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 yeah that goes without saying but yeah. uh, but I, I should say that there's a couple of other commandeered christmas carols along the way and oh, yes. for instance um, I, i'd never read god rest you merry gentlemen let nothing you dismay in other words happy men fear for nothing uh, remember, Christ our Saviour was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's... Uh, to save us all from Satan? Uh, when, when we went, had gone astray. Yeah, yep. when we had gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. It's a very profound... Um, yeah, uh, joy to the world, the Lord has come, let, let mm. us receive a king. I think we forget a lot of this theology, don't we? And I mean, the privilege to have it playing in our shopping centres every December yep. and November and October and September. But <laughs> <laughs> to have this kind of theology, you know, beamed through our shopping centres and into our car radios and into our kids' ears. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, I, I thought no one would be particularly interested in Colin singing a whole lot of Christmas carols, and uh, there are much better places to go for those. But Colin sort of taking the odd uh, Christmas carol and giving it a little twist here and there musically, and um, that 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 was something that I felt like there's room for that. So although you know there's it's predominantly an original, it's all original work on this album. There's just little. Uh, I, I felt like it's an opportunity to throw some of those songs, those old songs, uh, with, with all their potency, just throw them back into the mix a little for kids so that uh, so they mm. learn, you know, some of the some of the Christmas carols that are so full of this amazing, potent, beautiful truth. All right, so I'm seeing that there'll be a lot of parents like us. I'm guessing uh, I need to go and buy this CD so that we can listen to it numerous times a day every single day of December. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then it will just unfortunately have to get packed away till next Christmas. Oh, um, look, no. Actually, uh, I put a stamp on the front. Certified, world's first to be uh, Christmas album, uh, certified to be played all year round. <laughs> 
Well, there's no rule that says we only have to celebrate Jesus' birth in December. So exactly. That's true. In fact, I do get people saying, my kid's favourite DVD, King of Christmas DVD, they watch it all year round. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Colin, thanks so much for taking some time to have a chat with us. Shelley, thank you so much, and it's very precious to be uh, part of such a special broadcast that goes right across not just Australia, but across the world too. So mm-hmm. hello everyone, no matter where you are, every blessing. Well, what a special treat to have some of Colin Buchanan's Christmas music to get us all in the festive mood this Christmas season. And if you're interested to learn more, you can find out about his Christmas CDs and DVDs at his website, Colin Buchanan. That's colinbuchanan.com.au. And some appropriate verses to end today are found in the book of Luke. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. Well, thanks for joining us for Colin's story and for some Christmas cheer. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I mean, first of all, I, I sat there and I was watching it because social media is so prominent now, and I'm watching it just go from Germany, Japan, the US. You know, I had people, friends in the US saying, you're in the New York Times, you're on shows over here. And I just sat back and thought, this is incredible. This one little video that I never thought would go anywhere. When Bethany Stagg sang an a cappella rendition of a Christmas carol at the airport lounge where she works, she had no idea that the video would go viral and have a huge impact on her life in ways she would have never expected. We'll hear Bethany's story and the surprising story behind her Christmas carol video next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.